Dutch internet radio platform. Oh, oh my god, are you a Nazi? Oh my god, Nazi! 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 Oh my god,
separate nations and separate developments, but we cannot have the mix-up of peoples and races who are widely different and divergent. It will lead to nothing but trouble. It will lead to nothing but trouble. I look around, I see a circus. All of these Chinese are making me nervous. But I serve a big God and I got a purpose. All of these demons will burn in the furnace. White people deserve a place to live and a future. Gullible white Protestant Bible belters will plug into conservative ink and be convinced to abandon their own families by the Zionist funding that hates them, only to spend their tax dollars to annually bring illegal immigrants to storm our institutions and turn our progeny into the useful idiotic communist homosexuals that we see today, leaving behind only suffering, death, poverty, and a world raped of its resources, alienated from the cross. Whenever any of us point out the paper trail funding behind organizations dedicated to causing societal destabilization in the West, we're immediately smeared as anti-Semitic Nazis and find ourselves in a situation where the judge and perpetrator are one and the same. It is the greatest showcase of being a protected class when you can exercise both the power of being the aggressor and the power of being the victim, utilizing the sword of critical theory and the shield of political correctness. Because if you want to know who controls you, look at who you're not allowed to criticize. In other words, lying to your face about crimes against Jews and blaming white people. And you Trump tar boomers love eating that shit up, don't you? So while hundreds of thousands of unreported white murders can 
continue along the southern border. Let's continue to keep sending our own children off to war in the Middle East with zero benefit, pretending there is no manipulation or agenda by the fully controlled Zionist media getting orally asphyxiated by the establishment right. But until the next one, my boys, shalom. Look at this lion. He's the king of the jungle. Huge mane out here. He's laying down under a tree in the middle of Africa. He's so big. He's so hot. He doesn't want to move. Now, the little lion comes. They start messing with him. Biting his tail, biting his ears. He doesn't do anything. The lioness, she starts messing with him. Coming over, making trouble. Still, nothing. Now, the other animals, they notice this. And they start to move in. The jackals. Hyenas. They're barking at him, laughing at him. They nip his toes and eat the food that's in his domain. They do this, and they get closer and closer and bolder and bolder, until one day, that lion gets up and tears the shit out of everybody, runs like the wind, eats everything in his path. Because every once in a while, the lion has to show the jackals who he is. Are about to find out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Woo! Fuck the Jews, digger. White power. The Nazis, they try to they try to put us in masturbation machines and masturbate us to death. Goddamn niggers, fucking execute every one of them piece of shit fucking retards. Fuck you, nigger. Fuck you, nigger. Because every goddamn Jew is gonna die in this nation. It's about this, it's white power. Like I am black, I am gay, I am disabled, I am a woman. Do you have a dad? Because you're half nigger. Oh, you're real funny. <laughs> Muscle time, they were Jewish. That's who was behind the uh, slave trade. So what That's who had them ships. Oh, um, I just, you know, just like a lot of stuff about Hitler. Um...
10 years ago to be trans was about what? A mental fucking illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you fucking weaseled your way in the world. Ancestors and I take full credit for crucifying that Christ bus. How was your Martin Luther King Day? It was good. I hate that fucking communist nigger. I can't stand him. And the best thing to ever happen to was that that nigger got shot by the CAA. And my wife said, you dumb nigger, get your shit together, you low IQ street ape nigger. And then I said, what fucking power? You're IRS. Fuck you. Fuck your corrupt Congress. Fuck your corrupt president. Fuck your entire election process. You know, I could go on forever. Fuck the gays. Fuck the niggers and white power. Yeah! Yeah, that's what I'm fucking talking about. I identify with the Ku Klux because the way they believe is just so smart. White power. It is the Jew who has done this to America! Just for the record, and just so we have it, um, you are not and have never been a member of the Nazi Party of the United States, have you? Come on, Tom, are you serious? Um, yeah. White America, wake the fuck up. White America, wake the fuck Fuck up. up. Welcome to episode number 205 of the Same Same. Asylum. Today is Based Monday, and that was a rather salty introduction because I tell you what, I've had it with all these groids and these trannies and these child rapists, especially these vile kikes. So with that being said, let's bring in my white co-host for Based Monday. Greetings, Northern Nevada, Paul. Greetings, Davis Lerman. How are you fellas doing? Well, I got to tell you, um, that was Grammy material, Oscar material. I mean, I, I don't know how many of your intros I've seen on shows, but that was grade A USDA prime beef, buddy. Yep, had to had to put a good one together today. Just so much nonsense, especially from these kikes, man. You see, I have maybe we'll play it later. I found a person put together a a, a, a roll of every innocent baby, infant, little child uh, Palestinian that the vile kike has brutally murdered in uh, their native uh, country of Palestine. It's just, you know, and. and Anyway, you get it. So, uh, Davis, welcome. How are you doing? Pretty well. How are you doing, buddy? So, uh, I, of course, am well, except for I'm a concurrence on your Negro fatigue. Yeah. Everyone's feeling that. I mean, this whole black history nonsense and, uh, and uh, um, I don't know. 
I mean, it's I, I don't know how much you guys have seen what they're doing in England with the BBC <laughs> where they're redoing history and claiming blacks did all this stuff that whites did and they're they're doing these historical dramas where they've got some black actor playing, you know, a, clearly a white person and I don't know, man. I'll tell you, my, my belief is I know a lot of intelligent blacks who understand how this American system works and they're doing pretty well in it. But unlike other other races, they have a huge section of the bottom end, you know, for maybe whites and uh, it, it might be, you know, 2 or 3% of the bottom end are, are violent and problem problemsome. With mestizo Indians and Mexicans, you probably 20% of the bottom, but unfortunately with American blacks and blacks in general, it's like 40% of the bottom half. You know, there's just way too many of these violent groids, Paul, don't you think? Yeah, I was going to uh, quibble with your percentages there, but then I think you 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 re um, you rerouted yourself. I, I don't know what the number is, but what you're talking about here is essentially an underclass, okay? And this has always been a problem throughout history. Uh, all societies have always been class conscious one way or another. I mean, there, there's a reason that the caste system exists in India, and I've heard it explained by by Indians, okay? By, um, you know, various Indian people are quite familiar with it, and uh, mostly it works, and it serves a purpose. So when you bring in a large underclass, uh, there's going to be a good percentage of those that will turn to crime. And it's not just because of poverty, as we all know, and studies have been done on this, that most blacks commit crimes because that's their nature. It's the thrill of the crime. They're not doing it because they're hungry. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, Paul, it just popped in my head when you said that about the underclass is criminal. It, in, in this country and, in, and with the World Economic Forum, Davis, the overclass is even more criminal. They're, they're, they're literally a legalized mafia, are they not? Well, certainly. So the, yeah, the real problem comes about in what we can do about something first. You know, we can, we can handle black crime if we were simply allowed to uh, use the uh, the laws on the books, you know, that uh, right. you know, he's talking about, you know, said so instead they're going to pass a new resolution and we got model legislation. It's like, well, no, this was all handled and, and then it, and then it went off the hook. So that's what that's about. The other thing is about, um, there's a difference between the blacks and all blacks. I'm doing like an E Michael Jones here with the Jews was the difference between <laughs> the Jews and all Jews. So whereas we, we might find ourselves in a position to say, oh, that black guy's all right. Um, that's not the question for how you run a society, that black guy's all right. The way you run a society, the way you run an actual country, a nation wherein the root word of nation is natal, meaning people of similar birth. The way you run a nation is not that black guy's okay. The way you run a nation is, what could I get from that black guy that I couldn't get of equal or better uh, value or service from someone who's of my nation, like a white guy. And the answer is always going to be nothing unless you count jazz, crime, and black on white rape. They're top fuck. Then not the top notch at that. No one tops. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in most, most years, the, uh, the dunk contest at the NBA all-star game, 
<laughs> but 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 last year that was won by Matt McClung, who that little white dude, yeah, six yeah. six one or six two with a a awesome vertical leap and uh, skills. So yeah, um, you know the important point that I think was just made and needs to continue continue is is needed to continually be made. It's what I've said for at least twenty five, maybe even thirty years. Is what is it? what benefit do we derive from all of this? And this has been covered in the so-called academic or scholastic discussion of immigration and, you know, the pressure that it puts to drive wages down and so on and so forth. But part of that bigger picture is what benefit do we derive from non-white immigration? And the answer really is none. Uh, in fact, it was, it was best said by a, a caller and co-host on Stormfront years ago, and I made a mental note of it. He said, the one axiom that we have to really live by is this. No white country derives any benefit from non-white immigration. And, of course, the people that are doing uh, this to us, uh, that's not part of their concern. It's a racial agenda. Uh, they want basically to overrun us, uh, swamp us out, and basically breed us out. That's their long-term plan. Nothing could be more clear. We must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children because the beauty of the white Aryan woman must not perish from the earth. That's exactly right. And everything you're describing, Paul, is a Kudenhov Kalergi plan that is now on steroids. And what blows my mind is all these uh, Trump tards, all these uh, libtards, these these uh, woke assholes. Nobody is addressing the fact that these are not refugees. This is an intentional... Uh, a Jew attack on every first world uh, country of European legacy majority population. Absolutely. And I just, I'll send it to you after the show, both you and Davis, but I just watched a little documentary yesterday about, um, it was one particular group, but there's actually several groups, uh, you know, American volunteers, you know, that they're labeled vigilantes and they're patrolling the the border many of them wear camos and are fully armed but uh, so far they haven't done anything except for just interdict and call the border patrol but what was interesting to me is uh you know that some of the interviews that were done with some border patrol agents and some other you know government types and they're talking about the fact of quote taking the law into your own hands right now the one guy that was the leader i thought he did a great job in his little interview and he says well let's take a let's take a look at the word vigilante okay the first part of the word is vigil Okay, is we're down here keeping an eye out for something that the government really uh, is not doing or can't do. And, you know, he went on to just sort of, you know, justify and explain. But but here's the thing, you know, the government wants to pretend the federal government wants to pretend. And, and it's not it's more than just pretend that they have the exclusive monopoly on the use of force. OK, so if we want to protect ourselves and use force, that's not allowed. OK, it's only the government. And yet it's clear to any thinking man who just looks at the lay of the land that they are the enemy of the people. They're not about protecting us. They're about harming us in every venue you can think of, whether it's law, medicine, economics, etc. They're all about causing us harm. So this is why it drives me crazy that people take politics seriously, because in the end, the same thing is observable decade after decade after decade is the government and our enemy are basically one and the same. Well stated. Absolutely well stated. In fact, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. I can um, bring it up because I saved uh, there. Here, let me bring this up. Um, let's see. We'll 
that. And then let's share screen. Uh, here's our guest. That's awesome. Welcome, Floppa. Our guest is here, but I'll finish my statement, uh, uh, which is right now in Congress. Uh, let's see. Let's save that whole deal. Share. There it is. Let me make it bigger, though. Well, right while now, sharing, I'll emphasize point, Paul's point that you have no representation. The representation you should have is being bribed with the money we send to Israel and foreign aid that comes back through APAC and then bribes the people who are supposed to be representing you. It's like a self-perpetuating uh, bribery machine. It's not going to stop unless we make it. Right. Well, it's wor even worse than that, Davis. Right now in Congress, there's S. 3589 Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. There's a similar bill uh, going on in the Senate. I think this is the House version. Or no, this is Senate S. And there's a similar bill in the House. And so these Jew rectum liquor licking traders are literally trying to prevent the, con the, the constitutional right of, uh, of uh, militia. Because they know that more and more normies, sheep are waking up to the uh, Talmudic, satanic, parasite agenda to destroy our way of life. And uh, they're trying to... <laughs> fucking Jews, man. Fucking Jews. Tr always trying to legislate. So the Jew has got to go. Your thoughts. This is disgusting. Hey, real quick. Trying to pull right historical yeah. context. Um, that was sort of the the prototypical version of what you've just described was PatCon, which ultimately led to the omnibus anti-terrorism uh, anti legislation uh, after Oklahoma City, which was, of course, a consequence of Waco. And um, Merrick Garland was knee-deep in all that, but there was a whole different island of misfit toys except for Merrick Garland was still there doing his uh, anti-white efforts, you know, like to the max. Uh, there was also Janet the Dyke Reno, which was this, uh, like, if Peppermint Patty um, had sex with a water buffalo, you get <laughs> Janet Reno. Um, yeah. This, she was a freaky, uh, she was a freaky ass bitch. And there was oh, all yeah. these weirdos just sort of cheering on the burning of children and wagging their finger at us, telling us, yeah, that's why you can't have malicious. So that's, you got to burn the village to save the village. Now they brought it to America. So all those who don't think just in case you haven't thought, well, the Jews are doing that to Palestinians. They'd never do that to us. Oh, no, retard. That's the plan. They would love to have you all like Palestinians, every single one of you. So you'd have no choice but to be the light switch Shabbos goy for the local kikes. What a great, great point. And we're honored to have the legendary Big Floppa join us as our guest today. And there's his page on Odyssey, and he's also active I believe on Telegram as well. So welcome, Floppa. How was your weekend? Uh so far so good. Well, I get, oh wow, yeah, the weekend's over, man. That <laughs> I, it just hit me. It just hit me. But uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, my my weekends are really busy with shows and stuff, and um, I I didn't get enough sleep uh, because I've been doing game reviews. Uh, we we had like our guys put a video game on Steam, a gaming platform. Really. Uh -huh. And I beat the thing in like three days, and so I didn't get any sleep. And um, it was interesting though, because it's actually like it's our guys, so there's a lot of uh, 
our culture references. There's stone toss memes uh, slipped into the oh nice the game. Like Sam hides a character, and there's an uh-huh. there's an otter, Giuseppe, an oh, otter in the game. So Steam has allowed this to continue. They didn't immediately take it down. Ah, uh, no, they've allowed it, and and you should see the review section. It's even more our guys than the game. Like one of the first reviews is uh, free Sam Melia, and so it's just been. It's been a really interesting thing that I felt like I kind of had being a millennial and it's a side scroller with a synth wave soundtrack. It, it had me written all over it. So nice. Nice. So Floppa, you have been doing some phenomenal work covering the Gaza mass murdering genocide by the vile kike on the native population, the, the Palestinians. Um, so tell us what, what your take is now, now that, that began October 7th, we're about, uh, November, December, we're, we're almost four months into this brutal mass murdering and, and w- what's going on and where do you see it all going? I see this taking years, um, not just with Gaza, but with, uh, the, the Lebanese border, um, they've made demands from, uh, from Lebanon that they need to extract hezbollah from 15 kilometers of the entire border i think that's like a 300 mile border right there so Uh and so if you consider you know how much land that is it's basically israel is demanding to have that much land from lebanon and so right they're getting a, a, a hard pass from both lebanon and hezbollah and so it i mean if the situation with gaza alone has taken four months and turned into uh, one of the most, one of the biggest messes we've seen now with the Yemen getting involved in the canal, you know, so you've got modern day piracy and uh, container shipments being attacked if they're headed to Israel. It's, it, it really has turned into a mess that I think is going to last years because now the the it's not an idea that other countries are going to get pulled into this. They've been pulled into this. We've attacked the United States has attacked Iran on their soul. Actually, right. Was was it the United States? Um, who attacked Iran first? Uh, I think it was. Israel did first. Weirdly, but it's, it's, it's the first time Iran's been attacked on their own soil since the eighties. Actually. Well, Iran, Iran initiated, uh, there, there's you know, bizarrely, as a, there's as Jewish... a quick interjection. Um, I go think ahead, they Paul. want, Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. I'll jump. Uh, in real well, quick. no, you were Which... saying you think they want, I, yeah, I want to hear this. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, I was going to say it I, I, to me. It's obvious that they want it to take years. Like everything. When you look Absolutely. at the Huh. Shit, we lost you. He roboted out for a second. Out briefly. Paul, are you still there? Northern Nevada, Paul. Uh, well, while we're waiting for him to get his internet signal back, I was just going to say, Flop, of that bizarrely, Iran launched two different attacks, one in Pakistan and one in, I think it was, Iraq of, of Israeli secret bases. And that that was the first thing, and then Pakistan responded. So I haven't really looked into Pakistan's relationship with Israel, but clearly it's not in in in, in the appropriate. Um, with as many Muslims are actually in Pakistan, you would not think that they would be licking the Israeli rectum. Well, 
I think it's fun that you brought up secret military bases because it's not the only secret Israeli military base that's been attacked uh, about a month back. And I forget the the island that it's on, but it's right off the coast of Egypt. And so it's technically not Egypt. And Israel has, uh, I guess, one of those kind of bases that with the dark secrets, you know, and I, I need to look a lot more into it, but it was directly attacked by Yemen and stuff. And so you, you you've got these bases over there and, and these projects, and including the nuclear base in Israel, um, that, that's been known for a long time. You know, kind of, kind of how we talk about Area Fifty One in America. It's like the the people in that geographical hotspot are a lot more familiar with what's around them, and so it seems like those military bases have been primary primary targets the whole time. So. Amazing. What's your take on Yemen getting so involved and really taking the fight with the Houthis to, to the Jew and to the United States, basically? Well, I mean, my take on that goes all the way back to October 8th when I said that was inevitable. Uh, I said I that right. I said that Iran in, in November of 2019 had found $3 trillion of oil and they had been funneling a lot of that money into with armaments to Yemen for years planning this like this they they're ready for this and they have enough money to destroy Israel when it comes to just the numbers 3 trillion dollars will buy you what you want in this world and go ask yeah, right. any Iranian government official what they truly want in this world and it's the complete destruction of Israel and so so Yemen was inevitably and I I, I called it on on my show eyes on Gaza and I've been very vindicated by that recently but oh that's fantastic I mean they're they're, they're launching cruise missiles they're 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 not launching little Hamas rockets that's a great point Davis you may or may not know the floppa has probably done one of the best jobs of anyone in the world he was doing shows nine ten hours covering what's really going on in Gaza and so if you have any uh, questions or topics you'd like to bring up. He, this is the guy to bring it up with. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll just piggyback on the Iran commentary. I forget who said it, but it was one of these uh, statements years ago that sticks in your craw. That uh, you know, messing with these Persians, uh, you might you might f around and find out because uh, Iran, in fact, was called the uh, Forge of Armies, and and that was sort of a. A play on words in that it wasn't meant to forge and strengthen them it literally melted armies so you send them in there and and they come out as liquid cheese on the other side so uh you know we can we can f around and find out i i suppose dropping dresden style carpet bombing places uh that seems to be the default attack mode of what what this country calls total war what this jew system calls total war but in the end, uh, if people know that that's sort of your first and only hammer for every nail, they make accommodations, and this is what they will. P.S. This is what they have done in Iran. They will do in Iran. That's what they've done in Gaza. It's just why you can't you can't defeat these people so easily. Wow, great, uh, great point. Uh, your thoughts, Floppa? Well, it's three thousand years of war. Three thousand plus. Uh, we're talking about over there, and so. I mean, I have viewed things from, okay, even Hamas special forces that really uh, surprised me. They, they did a scuba-based attack on a naval base 
against <laughs> an Israeli naval base, and and they they of course put like GoPros on it and stuff. And these guys look scary. Uh, they had rebreathers, not scuba tanks. Rebreathers. Those are about twenty thousand plus a piece. Sweet. And allow you for a short time to just be able to breathe underwater. It is advanced stuff. And they they performed a, like I said, swimming in from the sea, completely unseen. Like a squad of these guys went onto a Israeli naval base and just performed a massacre against these people. And so you're seeing a, a special forces element that I don't think anyone saw coming out of a city like Gaza. And it's well, well this is why we need to destroy Iran, according <laughs> to all the Jews on my television, because Iran's funding them. Hey, did you know that these Houthi leaders are billionaires and they're sitting there all rich? Shouldn't you hate the Houthi leader, Goy? Okay, when it comes to Iran, um, and I've said this um, from the get-go, like guys like Lindsey Graham, they're going to say what they're going to say. The John Boltons, they're all going to say the same thing. Right. But it's for the, it's for the reason of the the oil money that was found by iran and that was found at, in the late stage of trump's presidency and i remember hearing reports on that and they had to hospitalize trump they thought he had a heart attack when he found out how much danger uh, you know his precious son-in-law's uh quote unquote homeland was in uh, ah. and so it, it's eye-opening and and you're talking about these you know I, I, I want to like Trump, but I can't because he's that uh, much of a too. Zionist. I mean, he married all yeah. of his kids to Jews. One of them is right. one of the most powerful Jews in the world. And um, and then and then you see where his loyalty lies. You know, he doesn't have a heart attack almost over the, the border and not being able to give us a wall. He has a heart attack when Iran finds this this money. And so when you see these neocons and these these war hawks, calling for attacks against Iran's oil fields, they're right, because that's the only way they can put a dent in the armaments that are being sent to countries like Yemen, which is absolutely coming from Iran. I, I, I will not deny their accuracy there, but I, I will point out it's very convenient that Iran doesn't have an Israeli-sanctioned cent central bank right now, and, and uh, every Western nation's trying to get their hands around their throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that ironic? Mm -hmm. Paul's back. Northern Nevada Paul lost his internet, but he's got it back. Paul, so you were in the middle of a statement, so please continue. Uh, I'm not sure where I where I left off, actually. Okay, I do. Uh, you were talking about how you thought um, several years of war is what the establishment wanted, and right as you went into an explanation, uh, you started getting like a robot from your, I think your internet chopped yeah, out of it. It, it, it did, yeah. We've been having uh, power outages here. My my power was out all uh, almost all yesterday and almost all last night. Just came on again early wow. in the morning. Yeah, it's been raining like it's it's unbelievable. What do they call it? The atmospheric river. But uh, yeah, I haven't really seen rain like this in years and years. And anybody go online and see uh, like on YouTube, uh, Southern California is just getting absolutely drenched. Me third word, Paul over there. I'm going to change your name. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, just to me, it's obvious from history that they drag out all these wars. And I, I, what I had started to do, and I don't know if I, this got cut off or not, but yeah, World War One, World War Two, uh, Korean War, I don't claim to know any details about, but obviously Vietnam was completely dragged out and extended. And we all know about the peace offerings from World War Two. A lot of people don't know about the similar offerings of World War One. 
where, I mean, essentially by 1916 or so, the Germans had essentially won that war and it was just looking like an ugly stalemate for years. And the Germans basically made multiple offers saying, hey, let's stop this. Let's just go back to the way it was. So now the powers that be love to extend this conflict if for no other reason to get more people killed and to sell more uh, weapons. I mean, obviously, nobody's going to go to a store as I made the point, we, you know, you don't go to a store and you don't buy cruise missiles. It's not a consumer item. So there has to be a reason to use these things and they create the reasons. Well, Saturday, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right about the, the, the two motivators being death and the sales of weapons, because right. that, that is purely accurate. If you look at, I mean, stocks like Boeing stocks and what happens before and after these, uh, these conflicts. Yeah. So uh, start and 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 the, then the guys like Bolton and Lindsey Graham who invest in those companies, then they, as a side result, they they make a lot of money. Right. No, I, I just basically was just piggybacking on your point and reinforcing it that I think that's an accurate assessment. What you just said, I can remember very well too as a young man. I was maybe eighteen or nineteen years old, and I had this one job, and there was an older guy. You know, at the time when you're when you're eighteen or nineteen, a guy who's near thirty is old, right? So this guy was like 29 and he was a, um, he had an advanced degree in history and I used to just listen to him talk and, you know, he told me, I never confirmed it, but he told me that one of the reasons about the Vietnam War is he said that Lady Bird Johnson basically, uh, they, they owned Bell Helicopter through proxy companies. So it was in the interest of these, of the political ruling class to continue that war because everybody's making a buck. That was so. That's when I first found out about the, this is the way the world is back when I was <laughs> 18 or 19, I guess. Wow, there you go. Um, so, Floppo, what, what what do you see coming for for this year? I mean, there. Do you think that uh, this nonsense is going to somehow impact the election? I mean, it's pretty disgusting to me that the the, the globalists are setting up to uh, diaper wearing geriatrics and Trump and Biden again. I mean, I can't believe that that, that these are the choices. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I don't even bother voting anymore. It's just nothing of those two clowns represents my interests in any way. So what, what's the point of this? Uh, uh, the Jews give me two bad choices. Why should I, I choose none of the above? So what do you see coming this year? Well, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make some predictions, but I just want to coin a term for you. I've always called it boogeyman politics, um, and it, it's how the right loses and gets away with it is they, they keep creating these new boogeymen. And so in 2016, the boogeyman was Hillary Clinton. We'll lock her up. Get me in there. We'll lock her up. Lock her up. And now she's forgotten about because Biden's so bad that Hillary, she doesn't have to answer to her crimes. But you can go back before Hillary. It was Bill. Uh, You know, you can go back. It's been a boogeyman every time. We've always got a boogeyman. We've got Hunter now. Boogeyman Hunter. And my point is they never get a single one of these motherfuckers. And, 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 and instead of doubling down, it's like, okay, if I was a Republican and I gained power and I didn't like the left, I'd take out the leftists from 10 years ago. I'd put them in prison. I'd start with them. I wouldn't go. We got a new boogeyman. We need to uh, forget all these years old cases that we supposedly spent millions of dollars of taxpayer money investigating into these boogeymen. And, and no, nobody ever goes away. No one ever answers to anything. And in the end, the left keeps moving forward with their liberal um, their liberal takeover of everything. 
and the right the entire time is just by by naming a new boogeyman and not getting the last one all that is is some conceding ground you know what i mean yeah and so Paul, I, I, your thoughts and then davis yeah, that's that's a very good uh, take. In fact, I have to say that is probably the first time I've heard it put that way. That yeah, the the current new thing, right? And forget about it. I mean, it just it reminds me of you know when you see those uh, clip compilations of Trump, you know, showing his uh, shall we say two two facedness. Um, yeah, lock her up, lock her up, and then that that dinner where he toasts them. Oh yeah, they're great people. Done a lot of great things for the country. <laughs> just, right. just, come on again you can't take this shit seriously uh, and pretty soon coming up giuseppe i mean anytime it's up to you but speaking about politics and presidential candidates uh i think we could do our first firing squad execution on this show today what do you say absolutely i think let's do it you want to do it now sure let's do it now so uh let's see let me change to this so I'll, and uh, okay, briefly. so you'll you'll do it, and then I will I will play play the uh, firing squad. So go ahead. Okay, so just you have the clip handy. Yep. Okay, I'm ready. great. So the the way I came across this is just you know cruising on the online, and maybe it was on YouTube. I'm not sure. And here's this guy Jason Palmer uh, running for president, and I watched the clip, and I got to say he, he he needs to go, but we'll be nice about it. Go ahead and play the clip. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you meant the firing squad clip. I can play his clip. Oh, yeah, we got to play his clip, and that way you can see the reason why we got to, you know, firing squad him. And then, yeah. Okay, so, um, so let's see. The two that you texted me are arrest made and dog theft, and Britain is gone. So where's Jason Paul? Okay, that you look in- look in your text thread. You and uh, you and Davis and I have a three way text thread. It's right there. Uh-huh. It's the most recent one. I sent it this morning again. Okay, I uh, all right. You guys need. I need to email that to me. So. Oh. Uh, you, why don't you guys chit chat for a second and talk about who Jason Palmer is, and I'll email it to myself, and then we'll be yeah. Fill us in, Paul. I have no idea who Jason Palmer is, but you'll 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 see what it what, you know what he looks like, what he says, how he says it. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's going to be a little bit of humor. And uh, yeah, sorry, G man, I thought that uh, we were good to go on that, so I should have just sent that to your email again. Oh, yeah. ironically, Paul, I see there's actually a site called PalmerForPresident.us. <laughs> Look at this. Right. Let me find it. Put it up while, while I'm getting the clip ready. Yeah, because this may be. Was the video sourced from the Palmer for President website, Paul? It could have been. If I recall correctly, I think it was a link in something else. Uh, so I'm not sure if it was in the suggested videos that you know on YouTube. You got all the suggested videos, but I don't think it was mm-hmm. that. I think it was a link or something I clicked on, and yeah, I saw I, I saw this. Oh, here, yeah, you got it yet, Giuseppe? Because I can email it to you real quick if you want. Um, I'm about to, uh, uh, did anyone hear that? I just tried to play it. Oh, did you? I'm going to email it to myself right now. Oh, okay. I could have already done that. And so, uh, I just got, okay. Holy sounds. That's okay. done. So there's Palmer for president. He looks like, uh, the, the kind of, uh, uh, Child raping, born again, evangelical <laughs> Christian. Whoa, whoa there! <laughs> That's just what he looks like. I'm just sharing my my uh, expert oh, yeah. analysis. I'm getting a gay. Um, let's see. Spot. So let me get to the uh, yeah. Get correct. You got you got you guys got to see the clip. 
and then I'll, I'll explain to you yeah. all the various reasons why he's got to go. Yeah, is it just me, or I'm getting a real gay face? Uh, no, don't, 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 don't spoil the surprise here, Dan. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, just, I'm getting a gay face. Yeah, it's, but now, it's, gay face is not always absolutely correct, because remember, there was the... Uh, uh, who did Trump fire because he was being too aggressive uh, in uh, immigration measures? Who was that fella again? Uh, I don't know. Southern, don't know. a real southern-sounding gentleman. But yes, the the gaydar will go off just yeah, a bit. Yeah, he had it, he had gay face, but turns out he was perfectly straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but a lot of gay guys have you know they have a wife and children. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that the, you're it's gay. Called a beard, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that doesn't mean that doesn't. Wow, I'm learning. So you do learn on the show. <laughs> doesn't mean that your gaydar detector is not working. Are you okay, yeah. Giuseppe? Do you need me to do a thing? Jason. Well. I'm resending it because my for some bizarre reason it hasn't shown up on here it is now it's here okay here we go okay so I just need to copy the link oh I think I sent you the link to the home page yeah sorry uh, sorry listeners uh, America we'll needs an upgrade oh god I I see where you're going with the homo thing I just that, played a brief moment of it but now let me put it here there we go Control V. Just uh, all right, are we sharing already? So yes, we are. Here we go. So here is Manly Man Palmer. America needs an upgrade. I'm Jason Palmer, and I'm entering the 2024 presidential race because I believe we can do better for you and future generations. Oh, Our plan brother. is people first. It requires upgrading our nation's system to become a talent economy powered by mission-driven entrepreneurs and conscious capitalism. I'm 100% committed to core values like kindness, respect, and inclusion. We've got to change the way we behave in our national politics. I've seen firsthand the incredible momentum that's created when innovation and technology are used to solve stubborn problems. We need mission-driven, innovative 21st century leadership now more than ever. We've got work to do, and we're just the people to do it. Let's get started. All right. Oh, my God. Good. Giuseppe, you got the, you got the firing squad clip ready to go? I do. Just one second. Let me hey, in, what did it do? Welcome to another new episode of Lock. what we need. Okay. All right. So this is Jason Palmer. Uh, Paul, go ahead if you want to sentence him, and then I'll do it. <clears throat> well, you know, listeners, in the future, what we're going to do, uh, going to give this away, is we're going to have the sound of a racking, like a racking shotgun, just for that sound effect, and then we're going to go right to the firing squad. So we got the two things going on. So just picture me racking the gun. Now go ahead and play the play the uh, the firing All squad right. clip. He's been sent. Wait, we're not we're not telling him what he's convicted of. Well, after after we do it, then I'll tell you the reasons why. Of course. Oh no, this has got to be done correctly. We're using Nuremberg Code, Paul. This is All right. you are hereby sentenced. Okay. For right. perpetrating a talent economy, placing kindness above national security, and using hollow platitudes like mission-driven twenty-first century leadership. Right. How do we find President Palmer? I'll, I'll list the several reasons, okay? I was just channeling my inner Trump because, you know, the way Trump wanted to basically take the gun first and then pass the legislation second. I kind of like to do the firing squad first and then read the reasons why we had to do the firing squad. But yeah, I'm game. 
essentially, okay, you look at this guy and you go, first of all, I guarantee you there's a time in this guy's life where he said, I'm not a racist. Okay, I mm -hmm. promise you that. Now, Once a I don't, week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I guarantee you, I promise you, I've never in my life going back to, you know, 30, 40 years ever said, I'm not a racist, and I guarantee you he said it. Second of all, he reminds me a little bit, I flashed upon when I saw him first, that character from Groundhog Day, Ned Ryerson, remember the guy who wants to <laughs> sell insurance, right? I think you don't have enough insurance. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Okay, so he's kind of like Ned Ryerson there a little bit. Also, I think he genuinely believes, this is one of the biggest reasons, that politics and elections are real and that he's really running for president and that he's really going to get some votes and has a chance to make a difference. I think he really believes in the electoral system. And th these are reasons enough. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and fire and squat him. All right. And plus, there's no doubt he's he's serving the uh, pedo agenda of the uh, vile international Jews. So here we go. He's been sentenced, and here is his justice. Ready? Aim. We are breaking new ground here on the internet. I That's love it. That's satisfying. That's satisfying. <laughs> Floppa, I I know you didn't know that we were going to be begin today the firing squad stuff. So, uh, what a r rare treat for you to witness the first one. I loved it, man. Fuck those traitors. <laughs> and, and by the way, I don't know if anybody noted. I ma I made comments when the video was playing, but it just so happened as he said, a talent-based economy. They show a black guy riding on a train. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just like, what has he got? Like, uh, you know, Bernstein and Bernstein uh, making his ads for him. Uh, for God's sake, he's got. We're and imagine the practicality of this. What are you going to do? You're going to have a conversion chart for black talent into utils or something. <laughs> I'm going to use these like, oh, sir, you're, you're quite an impressive Negro. Why, you have 50 utils. I mean, the whole thing is retarded. And you sent me put up the picture of the presidential website again. Uh, I got a message from the Q-tards here, and they say he's staring off at the L. Let's see if he's actually his eyeline meets. Oh, my God, they're onto it. He's staring off to the L because the Q-tards say he's a secret liberal, and he's thinking of Lindsey Graham and Lady G. He's picturing Lady, <laughs> he's picturing Lady G's uh, lady penis, and he can't wait to get his mouth back around that. So he can work it. I mean, he can work it like a three dollar whore. This dude has smoked more poles than a stripper. <laughs> I, I agree. And uh, there's a there's a in the Odyssey chat. PM Chan says reminds him of Stuart Smalley for president. <laughs> and oh God! Affirmations with Stuart Smalley. That's exactly right. That's well awesome. done. Give him a star. <laughs> Give him two stars on the chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a homo. Because we're good enough, we're smart enough, and gosh darn it, we gotta treat each other better. He says we, it every yeah. day in the mirror. <laughs> we can we can do better, America. All right, yeah. we, all right, listeners. Just so you know, he probably will be executed again sometime in the near future. And next week, we're gonna do at least two, and I think one of them we got to do RFK. Because if you guys saw the uh, the biggest pause in history or whatever, right? When he was asked about you know Jewish influence in the United States, it's like. Si silence for seconds and seconds. <laughs> yeah, that says it all, though, actually. 
This guy with his talent, economy, kindness, and mission-driven 21st century leadership. How much do you think he paid the focus group to come up with that horse shit? I don't know. I just don't know what his background is. Like I said, he, you know, he's probably who knows what he's done. Let's you know, now nowadays you, everybody's Jason, in high tech. Oh, oh, here he is. He's an entrepreneur, an impact investor, oh. and a philanthropist. So he, how did this guy get? So he inherited. He inherited money. Gates Foundation. Uh, there you go. Leadership positions in Microsoft, Kaplan Education, Bill and Melinda Gates. Le oh, so he's a he's a he's a cuck. Been led into the game. So he's got yeah. he's got Bill Gates' hand down his pants. Yeah, he's an impact investor, all right. He's he invested in the first all male drildo, and he and Lindsey G are making sure it works where they release it to market for all of the conservatards. They're going to give them the Lady G drildo and a tube of Vagisil for all you conservatards who think you're standing up against the uh, the libtard uh, onslaught. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> Well, you know, well, just quickly, if you don't mind, Giuseppe, let's all talk about, you know, I want to get your guys' take on this. I know what my take is on the convoy, the border convoy, right? That's that's going to really shut her down, huh? I've got oh. a lot of takes on the convoy. Oh. <laughs> Enlighten us, Floppa. Well, First, I'd like to do, I've been working on this imitation for quite a while, uh, but I think I nailed it now. And here, Lindsey Graham stops to get a couple Taco Bell uh, breakfast burritos, and, and he's sitting in uh, the in, uh, 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 a house, um, or actually a Senate uh, hearing, and he just can't help himself, so he has to pass gas. So here is here is an exact uh, imitation of Lindsey Graham with that huge pent-up uh, breakfast burrito. Uh, wow. Because there's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing left to that pooper. It's yeah, it's not, it's not, there's none of that. There's no, there's none of that. It's just, it's, it's more of a poot than a fart. Oh, that flaccid homo. Oh, God, I hate him. Flop just oh my God. Show. Flop it, tell us though about the convoy. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please. So, I just had Tim Murdoch on on the shit show uh, recently, and it right as the convoys were headed down, and I asked his take on it because he's, he's been doing this longer than I have, and said, "Well, there's a lot of retards headed for the border, and I think we should uh, just see what happens." <laughs> and it was just so tactful, you know, in his own way. But now, last night before I went to bed, I was looking at footage from these convoys, and they were having like mass baptisms and horse troughs and uh you know just owning the left right like they're oh, down there God. throwing a party basically and and so i i see it as uh, an election year parade um and it, with a with a direct threat involved too because there are convoys of immigrants heading for that same border right now from just the other side and they're what if they collide and so i could totally see i mean they desire another event that they can mark market like they did january 6th i mean you agree 
I was thinking when you said what oh, if they, when you said what if they collide, I was thinking like a big Christianity barbecue convention where <laughs> I, I know exactly what these kind of people are. It's like, oh, we're all God's children, but yeah, you, exactly. you, but but you need to come here legally, okay? Legally, I've heard some of these anti-migrant, uh, anti-Joe Biden, anti-immigration uh, people on both the right and the left online talking about, well, we need to facilitate or make it easier for, quote, legal immigration, but we can't continue to allow all this illegal. Every time I hear it, I want to shoot them all. They're so fucking stupid. The average yeah. American person, and I guarantee you this is correct, right? The average American person wants basically zero immigration, okay? It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's illegal or illegal. We have to go to zero. And they say, of course, I've already heard these statistics, and you guys have as well, that even if we go to zero tomorrow, the ones that are already here, of course, are reproducing at much greater rates than we do. So we're fucked either way if we don't deal with the ones that are already here, both legal and illegal. To me, President Paul, my imaginary presidency, at least I know that it's in my imagination, I would deport them all, legal and illegal. I'd go back probably 10 years. If you haven't been here at least 15 to 20 years, I don't care if you came here legally. Pack your bags, baby. Right, that's my rant. My rant. Yeah, so much as one immigrant gets hurt, and they'll call it slaughter on the border. They'll do this like like that the the drowning that just happened, and they blame the razor wire, and um, it it's just uh, I've seen liberal takes. um, Republicans are so mad that that they can't drown illegal aliens. Uh, that they're having a convoy at the border and stuff. And so, and, and, and those kind of disarming statements from the left are why these people come down there and say, well, that you need to come in legally. It's because they've turned into cucks because they fall for this left-right paradigm that doesn't even exist. Exactly. And, and, and all it's just like the, um, was it Paul that said it about the war situation, how it exists uh, to kill people and to make money. And that's like these politicians uh, on election year, get a rollout. Greg Abbott gets to roll out this real tough talk um, on an election year. Um, a lot of people get to talk really tough on an election year, and we've seen it how many times in that border still open. Yep. It was open under Trump, and that was the hardest talking border politician we've had in my lifetime. Right. But, you know, if he gets in this this time, he's going to day one, he's going to be deporting million. You, you, we've all heard it. You know? It should have been oh, day one last time. If he meant his campaign promises, if he meant that he was going to deliver us from the false song of globalism and that statement alone hmm. made me want lock to her up. Him. lock her up. Yeah. Well, that's just boogeyman politics. I, I never thought he'd go after Clinton's because back then, I mean, I was still blue-pilled enough to think the Clintons were actually in power and not the star of Remfam hanging over, looming over their heads. Mm. Right, right. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys, how much have you looked into or do you have any thoughts on the idea that it's beginning to come out that every step of this uh, uh, illegal border invasion to our south is being coordinated by the kike and their non-government organizations and they they've got very sta- various staging or uh staging areas where they're given money or they're setting up microloans to get get these people money to come in they're also um uh putting up videos on like tiktok and 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 things to 
where the spots are to come in. So the Jew is coordinating this uh, uh, lock, stock, and bagel. So let's start with Floppa, then Paul, then Davis. Your thoughts? Well, a buddy of mine, Handsome Truth, has made several flyers, um, and, and, and his friends in GDL, several flyers. And the challenge, the standing challenge of the flyers for us to stop distributing them is for anybody to debunk the facts that are on them. And my favorite flyer in that compilation says on the top, every single aspect of uh, illegal immigration is Jewish, I believe is, uh, let me uh, look up. Well, there it is. Let's find it. Every single aspect of... uh... I think it might just be immigration, period. But it has yet to be, um, it has yet to be debunked. And it it, it labels on it a lot of your uh, NGOs that you're talking about. And every single owner or every single chairman is a a Stein or a Berg or a Witz. Yeah. And it's... I'm not seeing it at the actual GTV. Maybe they haven't put it up there yet. Every single uh, mass immigration. Oh, here it is right here. I got it. I got it. There it is. Every single aspect of mass immigration. Barbara Lerner Spectre. And and Soros, Emmanuel Seller, Bill Crystal, and look at all these NGOs right here. Aleph, JLC, British Jews. It's disgusting, man. But oh, they're the victims. Oh, but can we somehow celebrate the Holocaust today? Unbelievable. So, so there it is, right there. I mean, all those NGOs. Those are Jewish NGOs that are yep. are, are fixated on opening your border. And, uh, and and allowing what they like to call refugees. You know, they're just a bunch of hippie faggots. Yeah, what uh, – yep. and, and Flop, let me ask you this because I know you're uh, quite the historical and constitutional scholar as well. What part of the Constitution does it cover NGOs, I, I wonder? Do you know? <laughs> I, I, I cannot remember uh, any place – in the Constitution, uh, uh, NGOs. Well, what, what part of the democracy covers the NGOs? I wonder. Hmm. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd say it's the the, the holes in democracy allow yeah. that to happen. I mean, Giuseppe, you can get if you need to. You, if you want to form your own, you know, society NGO, you could get a hundred or hundred fifty million or more if you like, right? Just where's the paperwork I need on that? You know. Uh, yeah, I've been looking into that so far. Uh, um, luckily, being uh, half Sicilian and the one drop rule uh, because of the many invaders from the south of Sicily, that I am qualified. So I will be getting that 150 million soon. Yeah. See, here's the thing: is I've made this point over and over again, going back years when I'm calling in. That you know, no, no such mechanism should exist that would allow or facilitate what we're seeing. And of course it does. And the problem at the very root, I, I love the word intrinsically. Ever since I really got into the meaning back in the 80s, you know, of just in and of itself, you know, the essence. So intrinsically, the problem is always the same as it's their presence among us. Because once you start with their presence among us, they're going to get into positions of power. They're going to pervert and invert and convert the government to their own agenda they're going to get a hold of the money they're going to get a hold of the the press and the media they're going to do the things that they do it's like the scorpion that stings the you know the frog across the river that old parable it's the same thing over and over so we have to start 
Un, uh, unlike uh, what I heard uh, Patrick Slattery say on RBN years ago that I took issue with when he actually said on one of his political talking shows, well, you know, if we say that we want to export or to deport all the Jews from this country, that's pretty much a non-starter. And I remember on a subsequent show when I called in, I said, no, that's where we start. That's the starting point. Okay, we can negotiate back off of that proposition, but the starting point has to be all Jews have to go somewhere else because the minute you have absolutely yeah the minute you have them in the country you're we're just going to be talking about this democracy all this crap is nothing more than camouflage and cover for jewish power okay the only thing that works and it was shown to us quite well i mean not just by say for example civilizations like the the spartans or the romans but it was shown to us by the germans and you know the germans are pretty sharp people that you need to have an authoritarian state because what's happening now is just the biggest, you know, what you call a crap show, cluster F, that you've, right. and it's the a Jewish dominated, Jewish driven, Jewish controlled, Jewish funded cluster F. And it's a slap in the face every damn day you want to turn on the news. It's like poking you in the chest. What are you going to do about Whitey? What are you going to do about it, Whitey? Here's another 10 million Mexicans. Here's another 5 million Africans. Here's another 10 million Chinese. What you going to do about it? Here We're giving them the money. We're putting up in apartments. What you going to do about it? Really, we can comfort ourselves with the fact that we were given no choice. Paul, you can uh, speak free and you can say it is a clusterfuck. And it's an honor to be live. We've been live for a while on Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, and Odyssey. But now we're live on Goyam TV. It's an honor to be there. And the fellas... Or, or people, could be women, in the chat are saying, make pogroms great again. And no, I couldn't uh, agree more. Couldn't but, agree more. Yeah. But now we need to know the real definition of pogroms. You know, oh, the pogroms. They're always, again, painted by uh, the people who run everything as they're the victims. Uh, the pogroms were justifiable retribution for Jewish yes. overreach. So it's the yep. it's the few corrective measures Jews have ever had. And rather than learn from it, and rather than tell the story of the pogroms to future generations and the real reasons for said pogroms, instead, they whitewash the reason for the pogrom and they begin history the day the pogrom started. And out of nowhere, these horrible Poles just attacked us Jews. We were living uh, our uh, lives. You know, they do this routine. Uh, living our lives being Jewish and, and had nothing to do with your money lending, uh, taking over the liquor trade. Uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with all that, right? They just attacked, or they just hated you. It's irrational. You know, anti Semitism is real, it's inexplicable. It, it's almost genetic in the goy. This is what they, they come up with all manner of right. excuses and explanatory schema that are uh, left wanting. Um, I will say on the immigration, uh, I'll bring in this paper. I'm sure everyone here has read it. It was uh, bouncing around a lot like a pinball about five years ago. The Steinlights, uh, the Jewish stake in America's changing democracy, uh, reconsidering a misguided immigration policy. Well, he, he doesn't mean what you think he means. <laughs> so Steinlight is um, uh, he's from one of these many think tanks. You know, you've got all these think Cato Institute, all these shitty think tanks. Uh, Christopher Rufo's in one. And they basically are there to uh, whitewash policy proposals and, and frankly, insert narratives into uh, either the left or right culture so that a 
conservative can feel good about supporting, let's say, this Jews uh, changing demography, Jewish stake in America's uh, uh, immigration policy. They can support that because they can then cite some they can then cite some quote unquote reputable organization. This is how it works. So uh, in the paper entitled The Jewish Stake in America's Changing Demographic Policy, um, Steinlein admitted, from what I recall, that the Jews had been using these words behind the United States mass immigration open borders policy with the express intent uh, of reducing Americans to a minority. Not that last part, but uh it was Jews patting themselves on the back for us, aware, of course, we're open borders. Of course, we're uh, all about mass immigration. And the reason is uh, it connects to the idea that immigrants reduce unionization in the United States, among other things. And this is how you can get a lot of your uh, conservatards wrapped up into a pro. All right. Well, as long as it's legal immigration and then we can open the gates, the floodgates on legal immigration. I, I refer now to a, a, a paper from a one, one of these working groups creating policy papers by uh, Norwich, Immigrants Reduce Unionization in the United States. This was a paper that was studied after uh, the memo about Whole Foods Amazon intentionally uh, diversifying their workforce because it fractures unionization efforts. I don't know if everyone remembers that. But that was uh, that gave a lot of insights into kind of how it works at the nuts and bolts level. Like, yes, they hate you, but they have a scientific approach to how they hate you such that they've monetized their despise of you, you see. So this is very important. It says here on page 23, decline in unionization could also be driven by a pure increase in the number of immigrants rather than their impact on fractionalization alone. We have previously discussed two channels through which immigrants affect union density. The first channel is through immigrants diluting the union density due to their lower propensity to unionize. The second channel is through weakening the solidarity of all workers. Using only natives in calculating the union density has the added benefit of seeing whether the effect is still present after taking away the first channel, immigrants' lower propensity to unionize. This is how scientific it is. They've literally created a vocabulary, a grammar. They've created a statistical analysis on how to make sure you never get what you deserve in a job because they will bring in non-English speaking, you know, like shit skin Mongolians just to not have you unionize. Okay. That's why it looks like revenge and pure white hatred, but never forget. It's also about their need to monetize your suffering. Well, and let's not forget, too, and this was well known here in California. In fact, there was a couple of great regular radio shows, in other words, like terrestrial radio that would would cover this. But the idea of training your replacements. And oh. I remember, you know, there, I remember guys coming on being interviewed and it's like it's so disgusting. Right. I mean, now, back in the day, the real white men that used to exist, the white men that went out um, for the reprisal raids when Indians came in and you know, scalped women and children and stole your horses, then white men would get together and go out looking for Indians, right? So these were like the, quote, reprisal raids. This is our background. This is how we took this country. But th those type of white men, I'm sure they're still out there, but they would just basically, they would go postal, right? Okay, well, okay, I've been here 25 years, but you're going to bring in 
an Indian to replace me and you want me to train him and you're going to give me like a four months or six months severance to do it. How about I give you a hail of gunfire? But of course what happened or what, you know, as, as probably still happening is that white, white people who need the money will take the six months severance pay and train their replacements and walk away and they're never going to get a job of that equal again. They're just going to be the rest of us. They're going to be door dashers and, and Uber drivers, right? Because well, That's why, if I if I might piggyback, that's why yeah, I make the emphasis mm-hmm. of this monetizing your suffering and demise is because that really does complete the circle. You can see that it's more than just about creating a mixed race and like a, uh, like a, a mystery meat person. This is not necessarily what they desire. But the fact is, if you can create a system of extreme economic precarity of this monetizing your suffering and demise is because uh that. I don't know why I'm repeating. Sorry, I was trying to reset my uh, uh, anyway, my bad. Ah, No big deal. Yeah. So the the important thing is to see that the economic system they create is one of, uh, you know, punishments and encouragements. And so if you can create an economically precarious system such as we have where people don't engage in free speech for fear of losing their job, that's better than just saying you no longer have free speech. It gives the appearance of being free while you are actually less free. You know, this is what's important. Of course, on the free speech note, just to conclude, um, you know, you have uh, the right to say what you want, but you don't have a right to escape the consequences. No, actually, America is literally supposed to be you have the right to say what you want and there's no consequences because I could go to China and I could say, like, F the Chinese leader, F the, I can make a big parade out of it and they would come and arrest me right. and they would do so saying, well, here you don't have free speech. That's why you have these consequences. See, in America, they're trying to tell you, oh, you can do just like in China. You're going to pay the price, but you're actually free. No, I don't think so. Just quickly before we throw it over to to Floppa on this, I'm sure he's got a comment or two. But, yeah, when you talk about freedom, too, and freedom of speech, it just reminds me what a lot of these uh, people really don't have and what they've been doing to us for, like, at least 20 to 30 years or more is to restrict our freedom of the mind. In other words, to put us put the fear in us. I just came upon a whole thread. You know how YouTube, once you click on one video, then it'll give you a whole bunch more of that theme. And then if you click, right. click on that, then all of a sudden now you got that theme almost only for days. So I came upon this theme of people that have said stuff in public, had racist outbursts, and then lost their jobs. You know, and it's always, it's like some poor white woman who's frustrated. She's in like a McDonald's or, or somewhere out in public, and she says something about, oh, if you want to speak Spanish, go back to your own country right and then like a week later she gets fired it's like what kind of fucking country is that and i remember watching this one i was so angry i literally i wanted to drive to this guy's office which i'm not going to do but i wanted because he's in southern california actually i wanted to drive to his office and just do a fucking fist of fury on him this poor woman worked in a dentist office okay she was some kind of dental hygienist or dental assistant she'd been there so long and she just said something like that like what i just said all right little little so-called racist outburst that was went quote viral because some fucking beaner recorded it because he was offended and they interviewed this fucking beaner and he talks about oh i don't know and she would just i love my mexican people so here's this guy he actually said la raza and i love my mexican people and i just thought this was he is la raza oh, 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 
Yeah, so it's okay for these other people to have some sort of racial cohesion or in-group preference. But when we express it, we lose our jobs. It just, oh, I could go on about this, but go ahead, Flop, if you and I were jump in here. So, I mean, we've been all over the place. What is the original topic? Because there's a lot of stuff I could talk about. Like, <laughs> it's a borgishmorg, man. Chew and fill your plate. We'll go wherever you want. Right. Rant. Give us a rant. Well, I mean, I just think uh, so many of these things are tied together. Like what we're all, I mean, face it, almost forced to talk about this week is, you know, Israel, Ukraine, and the border. And they're all related. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I think a lot of people, like all of us know what the fuck's going on. That's obvious. And I mean, it's it's time to start working towards an actual solution. And I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it. There's this guy you guys might have heard of him, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> he had this. Uh, let me think. He had this idea that you could back your la- your uh, currency with the labor of your people. The economic miracle, absolutely. I think that's where we f- focus right there is on the one thing that worked the most. And how desperately we need that right now. And so when there's talk about Texas seceding and stuff like that as a propagandist, I'm more tempted to um, inject those conversations with the idea of actual balkanization and, uh, and how things could be solved quickly in that situation. And I think ultimately these elite powers are trying to get America to balkanize. Russia's heavily involved with it. The BRICS countries, uh, about half of them would love to see us split into thirds. Right. And I think we can start talking about the inevitability of that because of who's involved in those desires and Mm -hmm. their tendency to get what they want and also discuss the advantages that might come along. Well, let me ask you this, Floppa. Is it going to be balkanization or is it going to be the North American Union? Because last Thanksgiving, uh, the uh, traitorous uh, child rapist Biden snuck down to Mexico to meet with uh, 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 Fidel Castro's gay son, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, and uh, the Mexican president. And they all signed an agreement that that basically opened up the, the the path to a North American Union. Uh, so so, do you think it's balkanization, or you think we're just going to have no borders and all three countries become the um, North American Union? Or I've heard it they're dropping the North, just the American Union. So, you're, you're suggesting, man? Uh, I guess I wasn't as aware of that as I should be, because that suggests the opposite of what I was talking about. Instead of a balkanization, it's more of the annexation of the entire continent, which is now yep. full of fucking yep. Somalians. Right. Well, Yikes, exactly. man. I don't know well, if I like that well, idea. I, th- I think what you're talking about, uh, Flop, is more of a, of a racial balkanization. But that's what, that's you said. what I would like to see, because it, it, if things got smaller instead of larger, uh, topics would become more racial. And when topics are racial, that's when we're in our element. That's when we can explain why yeah. we're not the bad guy. Well, the, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm it's kind of like I'm torn. So in other words, I'm definitely in favor of, of uh, you know, shall we say turmoil and problems because it brings clarity. So if Texas was to 
secede or try to secede or start doing stuff on their own and other states would join it. I mean, that's a good thing for us. But I don't think we should ever have the mentality <clears throat> that we need to give up any territory that we've already acquired. You know, I can't stand the idea that, you know, we need to form small communities and start, you know, bartering with each other and doing all this stuff and, you know, making, making compost. I mean, this stuff, this is the wrong way to go. We have to basically, if we're not going to take power, the, the very least we should consider is to how to remove or eliminate the people that do have power over us. See, that's the other part of the conversation that's really hard to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I have very mixed feelings for the same reason you just stated about balkanization. I hate giving up territory. I want the whole thing. Right. Right. And we were owed the whole thing. And well, of course. I mean, because, again, if you just look at the amount of land and people have done this, this is nothing new. I'm just jumping on. But <clears throat> what we're asking for as far as the living space is appropriate based upon how much landmass there is actually in the world. I mean, why do Africans need to live in Europe when in the entirety of Europe can fit in one of several African countries? I mean, literally, you could put all of Europe, I believe, certainly into the Congo, and I believe almost all of Europe would fit almost entirely inside of Nigeria as well. So why do any blacks who are not needed, not wanted, I mean, let's face it, Okay, I have black the re- friends. The reason is Jewish. The reason blacks have, have to live in Europe is Jewish. No, we, 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 because we, they reproduce really fast. No, we they know that. They rape and they kill. That's we why that. they have to be in Europe. I, I was just speaking. In- no, I, I hear you. It's yeah. it, it's displayed everywhere. I like catching the Jews mocking us with that shit. Like when I did my uh, short film, White Privilege, right. I pointed out how great, the, great documentary well did you notice the, the part with the, the the rothschild sails on their boats that they bought yep they're mm-hmm. fucking african savages chasing a white woman across the ocean and that what they're yep. telling us is there's not a place we won't send africa exactly no That's and this me. this is all i'm saying and this goes back to william pierce and what i heard him say way back when in the 20 plus years i've been listening to his broadcast and william pierce said it all in my opinion nothing else needs to be said when he said we must take we must take and hold territory and exclude others it's really as simple as that take and hold territory and exclude others and historically that's what we've done we've already done it and what we're asking for now we i don't think we should be even thinking about uh seat at the table or any of this other crap that i've heard weak people say the bottom line is just to to take back what was already ours and to exclude others and make it permanent, like put it in the law and then completely take over the uh, the education uh, system as well as the media system and use our own uh, propaganda for our own benefit and basically eliminate all of their propaganda because they are they're ruining the minds of white people. We can all see it online. We probably experience it in person, white men and white women reiterating the talking points that have been implanted in them by these evil evil jews well speaking of grabbing and holding territory and i'll start i'll I'll make my statement then we'll go flop up paul and davis in in order is uh what do you guys take and i'm gonna expose my opinion right away of this kabuki theater of world economic forum member and texas governor uh, who for some reason is there's video of him in a wheelchair wearing a meanie beanie and kissing the fake 
a wailing wall in Israel, which that wall is just a Roman wall. It has nothing, no real application to the vile kike uh, worship of the devil. But yet, so this guy now is suddenly, I'm closing the border, man. And and now uh, he, he's got 25 states backing him. Everybody's going to be willing to send National Guard troops. And so it's like we've got... Uh, uh, the the magatars behind uh, the 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 meanie beanie in a wheelchair wearing governor of Texas versus jo- Joe Biden the child rapist and who stands for globalism. So Floppa, what what do you make of this? To me, it's Kabuki theater. How do you see it? Well, I've been calling Abbott Hot Wheels. I think Flood coined the term. Um, yeah, ever since that, that that came out, Flood's been calling them Hot Wheels. But. Uh, I see it as an election year stunt because if these guys cared about the border, they 25 states would have rallied when Biden became president. They would have they would have known what that meant. We watch, we watch caravans get sent to us during Trump. I mean, they were huge topics. Oh, there's a caravan of 20,000 Haitians coming. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, so so all all 25 of those governments or uh, governors they knew damn well that it was going to be hell on the border and it's been hell every day that Biden's been president. It's been getting, getting worse. The end of of last year, I remember reporting like every day was a new record of crossings for an entire week. It got at the border. And, and now finally, finally, it's like once the damn calendar changes to 2024 to an even numbered year, now we get some talk from governors and that's mm-hmm. all this is talk. They're a bunch of faggots. And like you said, he went over there on his little roly-poly chair, and he kissed that wall like every other faggot does. Yeah. Paul, your thoughts? My understanding is he tongued uh, the wall, and then he fondled it. <laughs> he fondled an, out, an, out, uh, an outcropped rock as if it were the balls. He was just enjoying himself there. <laughs> and then when he came off of the wall to take that, taste out of his mouth they gave him a bagel with some locks on it <laughs> there you go there it is well i mean what what else can be said except what what floppa just said what i've been saying for years and so forth it's not really about quote the border right i mean the bottom line is the border smarter if they're here and they're obviously here illegally they don't have id okay they can't speak the language well how does that work exactly how are they going to live and support themselves well the systems are in place to provide for them. So it's just a ridiculous sideshow. We don't enforce our immigration laws. All the laws are on the books. How, at least we're not hearing this term anymore, immigration reform. I remember hearing that starting back in the right, late 80s. Right. At least we haven't heard immigration reform. And well, what oh, are, I have. I what, have. What, what the fuck are we going to reform? I haven't heard reform in a while. It's now That's the name of the Biden policy that's been put forward, and they're all arguing for it. Yeah. This is the game where... We don't need to reform. We need to regress. You know, we need to go back to like uh, pre nineteen sixties border laws because they're they're just as legal. Uh, But instead, they do. uh, No, we got this new legislation. Yeah, we need we need we need alligators, crocodiles, uh, severed heads on pikes. Yeah, I sent Giuseppe that clip of the alligators. Oh, okay. So you got that. Yeah, I sent him what I believe is an edited clip. So you don't awesome. Yeah, so Giuseppe, if you want, yeah. sometime in the next few minutes, look around. There's a great clip of what this one. No, no, no. I sent it to your email, Paul. Did you forward it to Giuseppe? No, I have not. I will. But it's a great. Oh, so, you have the you have the Gmail link that he can open because it's such a large file. 
Gotcha. Okay. So you you guys may or not have seen some of these hearings about the the so-called impeachment of uh, of Mayorkas, right? Mm. Right. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's just it's ridiculous. You know. Well, actually, I have a, a clip of that that we could play right now. It's only about a minute and a half of uh, of, um, of uh, one of the senators really really pressing that pathetic traitor Mayorkas, and then he starts to whine. Uh, uh, so let's uh, let's take a look at that. Yeah, go I ahead. Have that. Play that. So let me find. And, and I was talking about. Listen to this motherfucking locks and bagel eating ass nigga. <laughs> All right, let's see. Where is Mayorkas clip? Oh, it's a Mayorkas clip. Then we need the bullshit alert. Warning! Warning! Bullshit alert! Right. <laughs> um, that's weird. I know I saved that. Let's just take a look. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Forcibly sterilized them all. Here, I'll just play a few of these while we're having fun. Here's the gas chain. Oh, here it is. I got it. <laughs> Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, may I? Like, if you'd like to have a, a minute to respond, you will. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I'm not sure I'll limit it to 60 seconds. Boise's income. Number one, uh, what I found <laughs> despicable is the implication uh, that uh, this language, tremendously odious, um, uh, actually could be emblematic of the sentiments of the 260,000 men and women of the Department of Homeland Security, number one. Number two, uh, Senator Hawley takes an adversarial approach oh, to me in this question, and perhaps he doesn't know my own background. Uh-oh, here we go. Here perhaps we go. he does here not know that I am the child of a Holocaust survivor. Oh, my God. Perhaps he does not know that oh. all her family at the hands of the Nazis. <laughs> and so I find his adversarial you know tone a, a to be entirely drop, misplaced. A burp gun. I find it to be disrespectful of me and my heritage. And I do not expect an apology. What is your but heritage? I did want to say what I just articulated. Thank okay. you. Mr. Chairman, can, can I just respond since he has referenced me personally? Senator Hawley, we need to move on. Senator uh, Robert. Uh, you've been defeated by okay. the Holocaust, Mr. Hawley. Okay, so hold on, Paul. I'm going to I'm going to advocate this is uh Miorcus who has been uh, a point man for the Kike border sieve he gets the electric chair here you go M M uh Malarcus Miorcus here you go Oh beautiful beautiful that guy deserves the chair, if anyone deserves the chair. Unbelievable. Uh, how about that? My, my heritage. I'm, I, how I'm, do, how I'm, do um, My 12th survive. cousin is a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> no, but it's always like, oh, their grandparents or their parents were survivors of the Holocaust. Okay, so then you're fine. You're okay. You know? It's like... It's like, it's like and so let's it, give bro. a big plug right now. Boom. The six million fact or fiction. Dave Gahari at Money Tree Publishing his latest book. It's phenomenal. We we're starting a deep dive on it. We did it last Friday, and 
Everyone should own this book, MoneyTreePublishing.com. It's it's thick. It's, it used to be 150 pages, now it's 520, but it's so well-written and so based on facts and everything else that you, you need to buy a couple of those and be willing to give it as a gift because- 100%. Oh, my God. It's such a joke. These vile kikes. Oh, I'm a Holocaust survivor. Oi, vey. And- Oi. Here's the thing that's infuriating, and, and Davis and I recently, last week, we had a lengthy conversation about this where he was emphasizing the point to me that this is essential. This narrative of the Holocaust is absolutely essential to, to basically deconstruct or unravel. And, uh, you know, again, you know, I made the point to him, and of course, because we hear all the time, I mean, Jim Fetzer used to say that uh, Jewish power is rooted in a sense, a Western sense of guilt about the Holocaust. And I always took issue because I always said, no, 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 no. Jewish power is rooted in bribery and money, okay, and in, in, in group cooperation. It's not rooted. I mean, there's no Jew in power because somebody felt guilty about the Holocaust. But right. but it's important for the fact that they always use it to change the subject, okay, Right. Always. Right. Oh, well, you know, you guys, what you don't know about me is that once I got a hangnail from a neo-Nazi. Right. It's like, OK, yeah, thank you. Now let's go back to what we were talking about. Oh, you know, my gr- my grandparents, they survived the Holocaust. OK, well, obviously they survived because you're here. So therefore, what's your point? Uh, these people, there, oh, they kill me. Mm hmm. I think that's the funny. This, this motherfucking locks and bagel eating ass nigga. Sorry, I stomped on you there. <laughs> go ahead, Floppa. No, go ahead, Floppa. I just think the clip that that Holly Mayorkas clip is just—it's gold. I mean, they, they didn't—they didn't have to give us that, but they did it anyway. So that was so nice of Mayorkas. I mean, what, what did Holly do? He's just like, hey man, you're doing a fucking piss poor job. And this guy is just like uh, uh, transforms into a fucking bagel and just devours Holly. He's just like, Oi, Faye, my whole family got turned into lampshades, you goyam piece of shit, and turned what? into bars of soap. I'm for- I mentioned this already. I think I just mentioned it to Davis in a phone conversation. I'm not sure if I said anything to you, Giuseppe, but I've now heard twice. And of course, that makes it true. Uh, two different times on the internet, both one time, I think it was in like a blog post or something. The other was on a, on a video, you know, audio discussion that the, the department of Homeland security so-called is completely controlled by basically four Jews, all of whom have known each other since roughly high school or college. Okay. That's what we're dealing with here. So there is, as I've said so many times on air, going back years, there is no law. All there is, is Jewish power. That's it. Correct. Make Pogroms great again. Yeah. So, See, Kyle. <laughs> Giuseppe, if you check your email, there's a great clip from those hearings. And again, I was mentioning earlier that I had watched it. I watched an hour and a half of these house hearings, right? And of course, like the old saying goes, you don't want to see sausage being made or law. And it's just so, it's all so gay, you know, it's all these like resolutions and counter resolutions and like subsection A, paragraph B, and okay, the eyes have it, uh, I, nay, okay, I like a recorded vote. So then they go around each one, at, you know, by name and get their, and then they, uh-huh. it's just like so 
Absolutely. Again, this is why Hitler did away with all the other political parties. You know, there's nothing more. Again, it's not just the inefficiency, but it's the cover and camouflage of democracy or a parliamentary democracy or a parliamentary republic. This is a Jew's dream because they can hide behind it. Quorum being but anyway, the in that be clip, order. there's some the- fag that talks about what Trump really wants to do at the border. And I got to say, uh, I could be back on Team Trump if it's true. So okay, so it's a an hour and twenty seven minutes. No, no. So where where do you want me to? Uh, but Dave, where do you want Dave, me? Davis, did you not just clip that part though that I wanted? I'm certain I did, but I think I also sent him the link because he could go to he could go to the one hour mark if he just wanted to play the crocodiles. Yeah, one oh one oh two, Giuseppe, of the entire link. One oh two. Yeah, if you just go past Marjorie Taylor Greene and you'll get his testimony. One oh two. Hour and two minutes, meaning. Okay, so is that where? Uh, okay, so I see this guy uh, starting to mm-hmm. show dark hair. Is that yep. where you want to yep. start with him? Yeah, that's show, him. He's going to show pictures of a crocodile or alligator and talk about Trump. It's 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 awesome. Okay, here we go then. It's the one against the president, and certainly the one here today. Now we have heard over and over from constitutional scholars, including Republicans that there's no basis for this impeachment. Oh, oh, I want to take a- yeah, that's let not me, it. Uh, I, let me remove this and now share okay. that. Uh, what the hell did I just do? Here's what I'll, uh, I'll send you. I'll send you a fresh. No, I, I have it. I just, I need to do. Uh, so I need to do share again. I see what's going on. So- share screen. Looks like there was two two links in there, I believe, if I said it. Yeah, the other one is the black criminal at Best Buy, which... Okay, uh, here we go. Here it is. Yeah. Here we, I got it now. Watch this. Here he is. Yeah, go, go, yeah. Here, here we go. Here we go. I got it. The one against the president, and certainly the one here today. Now, we have heard over and over from constitutional scholars, including Republicans, that there's no basis for this impeachment. And I want to take a moment to correct the record on a couple things. I've heard my Republican colleagues claim that Trump secured the border and somehow President Biden opened it. Let's be clear and review the facts. The spike in migration started under Donald Trump. Border patrol apprehensions actually tripled in the last eight months of the Trump presidency, rising from more than 21,000 in May 2020 to over 71,000 that December as he was leaving office. So the migration spike started under Donald Trump, and we should make that very clear. Now, today, Secretary Mayorkas is also dealing with the fallout of historic crises happening across Latin America. Venezuela has completely collapsed and is in crisis. Ecuador is dealing with a historic gang crisis. Cuba and Haiti are also facing enormous challenges as well. The whole region is struggling to recover from extreme weather, droughts, and COVID-19. Meanwhile, our historic economic recovery in the U.S. has created a demand for workers. Now, all of this impacts the border. But we know that's not all. The majority blames Secretary Mayorkas for his policies for the surge of people coming here to seek asylum, but they won't accept any legislative proposals or funding to deal with the problem when the president and the secretary offer them. Speaker Johnson has told Fox News multiple occasions now that he's taking his orders from Trump on the border. And he just said recently, as of today, that he won't even take up the Senate deal. He's got the poster ready. Donald Trump speaks about immigrants with the same rhetoric that Hitler did. 
Yes. Claiming that immigrants like me and my family, and I quote, pollute the blood of this country. Uh, yes. He wants chaos, and he's admitted he even would like to see a recession happening this year. But I want to remind the public and the majority that Donald gentleman Trump... Yield. Will the gentleman that, yield? Look at I, that. I, I will not yield. Yes. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. Beautiful. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Here they are. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his <laughs> incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes yes. on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Yes. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. Yes. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants yes. in the legs as they cross the border. Yes. So once again, the Donald Trump and MAGA plan is alligator moats, bombing northern Mexico, shooting migrants in the legs, and electrifying the fence and putting spikes on them. That is the Donald Trump border yeah, plan. Beautiful. So again, we are here today okay, with so these horrific ideas being... Floppa, I got to get your thoughts on uh, the boogeyman politics after that clip. That is so so ridiculous. It's, it's You mean that's not comic. a deep fake? No. No. That, no. That's that's real. That's no, that was in the hearings. Yes, because these faggots love to make a show, you know, the same thing over and over. It's like, oh, racism. Oh, look at what he wants to do. And I heard that and I just go, I just go beautiful beautiful that would make yes. me want to vote in an election a yes. border policy like that i will go to the ballots when what's the only thing by the way giuseppe will laugh at this but the answer is obvious what's the one thing that's missing from that giuseppe um, from my border policy what's the one thing that's missing from all those proposals the uh, heads on spikes. that's right the severed heads on pikes I guarantee I've always wanted you. catapults, old old style Roman catapults. <laughs> and if they make it, if they make it past your border policy, their reward is getting catapulted back over. So they have to try again if oh, they can get it afterwards. I, I yes, Lapa, you are vice presidential material. <laughs> nice. Yes. I mean, they had it. They had it figured out back in the the dark ages. And, and you know? it, I mean, it was dark ages, but it was it wasn't dark nations. It wasn't full of a. Uh, and, and here's the thing. The majority of American people, that's the thing about these these kiss-ass Jews and these, these non-white faggots that want us all to accept them and not be racist. You know what? If you don't want to experience racism, go back to where you are part of the majority, okay? In other words, don't come here and cry to us about racism. And by the way, don't cry to us about the crisis in Venezuela or Haiti or any of these other countries because you know what? In, it's literally not our problem. I'm sorry. It's like if your next door neighbor is going through a lot of problems, I mean, sure, you want to help them give them a loaf of bread, a cup of sugar, fine. But how is it that it's your problem? Okay. Oh, they all need to come here and get jobs. They all want to be workers. You know, the vast majority of American people, if they heard that, they would support it. Okay. Maybe not the, uh, the shooting. Well, actually, the shooting in the legs, they probably wouldn't object to it either. Electrified fence is a good idea, right? Alligators and crocodiles are like a moat. What's wrong with that? I mean, it works. But we're learning so much from the uh, Gaza-Israel war. We're learning so much. I I've learned now that I can take populations that I don't like, populations that are incongruous to my culture, 
and my country, and I can just forcibly forcibly move them. So that's good. We've learned that. So now now I can take the moral high ground and do that. I've also learned a lot from uh, the Israel Palestine war because we can shoot people in the legs. In fact, I can just shoot them in the head, make a video of it, and put it online. So if I shoot them in the leg, I'm having a good day, right? I mean, I should be pat on the back. Look at that restraint, only shooting them in the legs. And furthermore, I learned that I can use artery puncturing barbed wire. I could stick that everywhere these people have to pass, and that's considered humanitarian. I've learned a lot, and I'm taking all my lessons from the Jews, and I want to say thank you, Jews, because when it comes time to deal with a certain particular incongruous population, uh, you're going to get all that and then some. Well said. Absolutely well said. Based. We've all learned so much. Yeah. Uh, no. Forcibly sterilized them all. You fucking <laughs> retard! <laughs> so we're coming down to the final 10 minutes. I want to uh, thank Floppa and thank Paul and thank Davis. It's been an excellent uh, discussion. So my final question, and we'll go the same, same uh, Floppa, Paul, and Davis, is... Um, what do you make of the fact that everybody talks about a white majority, but in reality, half of the whites in this country are cucks or libtards or, or uh, race traders who, who take their four-year-old children to see deranged uh, tranny child rapists do strip tease poorly and lip-sync poorly? So we don't have a white majority anymore, in my opinion. And, and so how, how, how do we win this? Well, until we have a pro-white majority, we're never going to have a white majority. So I think pro-white people need to network, get together, and stick together and start start building, building real-world uh, ideas, um, you know, ach- achieving goals, setting goals as people, as small groups of friends even, you know, start somewhere. I think people need to start networking more because all this stuff is coming over the border and like you said half of our race would throw us under the bus um at this point i think that will change in the future but uh, i think right now it's it's us against them and we need to start behaving like that offline as well as on the internet yeah there's really no way yeah, there's really no way to know for sure what the percentages are, but as I've always said for years, and I believe it's absolute reality, is that the vast majority of these people will not will not participate one way or the other in what uh, is going to come, if it does come, and what needs to happen. Uh, in other words, most people are going to be bystanders and spectators. And we've all seen this in real life. In other words, you know, when the when the fists start flying and, you know, the stuff starts going down, there's only a small core group of people that are going to be able to, uh, you know, to, to stand and, and stand and fight. And, you know, it's just like all the all the conflicts we've all heard throughout history. Like they say the Revolutionary War was only three percent or five percent. I, I don't know what, what it is. But again, most people will not get their hands dirty. And that's fine. You know, we don't necessarily need them and they're not going to be an impediment to us. And if they are, if they become an impediment, guess what? If you're in the crosshairs, you're in the crosshairs. You want to side with blacks. You want to side with mestizos. You want to side with Chinese and Asians. Then you got to go. And uh, it's just unfortunately, it's the way of history. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I, I had something. I've, it left my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, you can yeah, listen to my policy prescription then, if, uh, and then you'll go. Uh, does that sound good? So, yeah, I'm going to change my position here because uh, I know earlier we discussed uh, the little man with a mustache who ended up having a pretty good economic turnaround, to put it mildly. And uh, I often cite Folsom's book called New Deal or Raw Deal? Question mark. And if anyone picks that book up for real cheap on Amazon, uh, you could see somewhere in the 200s, it's like page 240-something, that Hitler in 1932, this is the year before uh, uh, Hitler um, and Roosevelt both came to power. Germany's unemployment rate was 30.1%, and America's was 24.9%. Then within five years, Germany's unemployment rate was reduced to only 4.6% in 1937, and then dropped even further to 2.1% one year later. Now, by contrast, FDR, the great American system we're supposed to believe in in 1937, he still had a 13.2% unemployment rate, which rose to 19.8% a year later. So instead of believing in that economic miracle, though, I don't think we should follow that path because they're going to call us Nazis. Who needs it? Instead, I suggest our white future and our, our very hope lies in the proud boys there you go that true statement is racist and they'll say that about you every time you bring up hitler you know what like it's gonna take them a long time to get there but they're gonna end up getting they're gonna end up being pro-white they're gonna have to be Oh, I know. As, as things they're, they're going to have to to be relevant. They'll have to be. Well, right? well, my point is the, the the advantage that they'll have at that point is that they'll be um, networked in real life. See, right now, uh, so many of us are. It's just a means of two or three of our accounts being disabled, and then how do you contact all these uh, real pro white friends of yours? You know what I mean. And I'm not saying people should just line up and dox themselves, but uh, get into it get into a, like a social club or something like a fraternity of people. Um, because the more blacks they send in here, like, what was that? We've had water crisis and stuff now, like where blacks are trying to take over the institutions and maintain them. They are completely unable to do. Um, right. and, and what's going to end up is you're going to see white people. Uh, we're going to start as the nation becomes more corrupt. And this was written about by uh, Dr. Pierce, actually. Um, well, hinted at in the Turner Diaries, the more corrupt the nation becomes, the easier it is, the more corrupt the people are. And uh, white people will probably start turning to alternative means of uh, making an income. Like I got sick of uh, I got sick of paying of, of Jewish bosses and Jewish companies, whatever. Like I, I got sick of working for other people and that's, that's why I got into broadcasting. Cause it's like, you know what? I love naming the Jew. Um, and, and I love, uh, fighting for my people and for my right to, to inherit my own heritage and everything that comes with it. And so I decided to do exactly that. And, uh, who was it who was talking about people getting their hands dirty because that that's an important thing right there. I think we need to start paying attention to the people that are willing to get their hands dirty, the people that are out there uh, coming up with, with ways uh, to do things and getting in their face with it. Because yeah. 
internet shit posting time is uh i mean there's still a need for it all but if that's all you're doing it's not enough i think i think within the core of the right way excuse me the core of the white race we still have plenty of guys that would have been with the 300 that marched to thermopylae i think that that really is that's in in the end that's the only thing that's going to matter you know because this is not uh it's unfortunate they're forcing upon us the situation. So uh, it's you know it's not going to be uh, who who makes the best podcast or who who knows uh, you know the best books about history. You know because a lot of these people coming over here borderline illiterate anyway. Mm-hmm. Shocking fact. So we're coming down the final couple of minutes. So let's give everybody a chance to uh, have a final statement. So let's reverse the order. So Floppa gets the final word. So Davis, your final statement. Well, if everyone would just by the way. Oh, yeah. If everyone would just reconsider their support for Palestine, because I, I believe we can all be corrected by uh, Schumach. Let me tell you why we don't have peace. The fact of the matter is the Europeans treated the Jews badly, culminating in the Holocaust, and they gave them Palestinians land as compensation. That's oh, the reason there is not peace. Oh, that, Abby Martin says. Okay. Million dollars. Okay, the fact that that's... <laughs> All right. wasn't, wasn't that like 60, 60 or 70 years ago and so now that's the reason why it's not peace I don't get it oh yeah no I love that little clip because it just kind of <laughs> sums up it sums up uh, how this all has happened over the arc of history because the Europeans treated the Jews badly yeah right that's the story right yeah anyway yes on to on to Paul I guess who will conclude oh that's Paul, it. your final statement my, my, my the violin is playing for me I feel terrible for the Jews I feel terrible for the Guatemalans <laughs> the Ecuadorans the Venezuelans please all come here move in take over uh, diversity is wonderful and my salute to you Giuseppe once again for the work you do in producing this show and the great uh, you know intro you put together this morning with the music it was uh, quite uh, inspiring. Floppa, you're you're doing fantastic work. The final word is yours. You can get bit at Big Floppa F L O P P A live at Odyssey. Go ahead. Your your final thoughts. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, for one thing, again, I always love coming on the show, and hate to kiss ass on my way out, but uh, I did get the the six million randomly in the mail last week from Dave. And Ooh. one thing I've learned is uh, if Dave sends me. If Dave thinks I should read something, he's probably right. And I cracked into it. I'm about a quarter through this book, and it's fully sourced. It's the biggest uh, 